Hey guys, this is Dustin Langley. I'm the senior pastor at Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor, Washington. And this is our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get these new sermons every week. Hope you have a blessed day. We're in a series called Walking in Freedom. We've gone through, it's this 4 R process. And it's an amazing process. It's really weapons for us. It's a process for us, and I truly believe it's a part of the sanctification process that we're living every day of our life. Living a life of repentance and rebuking, replacing the lies of the enemy with the truth of God, and then just asking for a blessing or a refilling of the Holy Spirit to empower us to live out what God has called us to do. Those are the four R's, and we've talked about repentance. We've talked about rebuking the enemy and the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. And today, I want to talk to you specifically about replacing the lies of the enemy or replacing even the deficits that we have filled in our life with the things of this world which bring destruction. Because how many of you know that if you hold on to the things of this world or you try to fill a void in your heart with something that is not from God, destruction is not far off. Yeah, some of you lived long enough to know that. I've lived long enough to know that. And so today we're going to talk about this third R, replacing. Replacing the lies with the truth of God. Replacing the lies of the enemy with the love of God. Because there's deficits in our life. We grow up not in perfect households. Right? I don't know. Anybody grow up in a perfect household? I see a lot of grandparents' hands raised. You're lying. (laughs) It's because maybe you didn't know any better, right? Some households, children were better seen and not heard, right? Some households, it was more, you know, my dad loved to tell me that I made a better uh, door than a window, (laughs) right? You stand in front of him, try to get his attention while he's watching TV. Hey, son, you make a better door than a window. And I had no idea what that meant. I just knew I should probably move. But we grow up in these households and we grow up in our lives with deficits because the perfect love of God and the perfect truth of God, right, his truth is truth. There is nothing that trumps it. There is nothing greater. There is nothing more true. There is nothing better than the truth of God. But we get fed lies over our lifetime. And those lies begin to create deficits in our heart because our soul is yearning for a connection to God. And we begin to have these deficits in our heart in the way that we live. And we start seeking and looking for ways to fill these truth deficits, these love deficits. And we start to fill them with things of this world. And then soon enough, the perfect love of God no longer occupies that void in our heart and we have maybe the things of this world that occupy that space because we're trying to find comfort in all the wrong places, right? You're looking for it in somebody else, thinking their love will try to replace and fill the perfect love of God, but there's no love that can do that. There is no love like God's love. And so if we are trying to fill the love void in our heart because we didn't get it from a perfect household, 
You didn't get the perfect example maybe from your mom or your dad. None of us did get a perfect example, but we have somebody who is perfect in heaven. And he is the perfect example of what love is, and he is the only example of truth. And so instead of us trying to search and find love and truth in all the wrong places, you're here this morning, and I believe you're in the right place at the right time to understand and learn more about how do we fill these voids in our heart with the love and truth of God. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angel, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, or height, or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a powerful statement from Paul. Because there's nothing that can separate you from God's love. Even though at times we feel distant from God, maybe you feel like you're not hearing from God right now. Maybe you feel like, gosh, there's such a big hole in my heart and God can't seem to fill it. What you need to understand is if you believe more of God's word than you believe the things of this world, then eventually you're going to encounter his love because usually it's a blockage that we've established, that we've set up, that we've introduced that is getting in the way of experiencing the perfect love and the perfect truth of Jesus Christ. Because there is no greater love than Christ. There is no greater truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is nothing that can, even though you're having a bad day, maybe you might be having a bad three, four, five, six, twelve months. And you might be thinking that those bad times are outweighing what God can do or who he is. And it's simply because we've allowed the holes that eventually occur. I think of my heart like a gravel road, right? Eventually potholes come. doesn't matter how much new gravel you lay down, right? It doesn't matter how many times you go over it, eventually potholes start to form. And then sometimes instead of refilling or replacing that gravel with something that should be there, somebody comes along and throws like some dirt in it, thinking that's going to work. But all it does is get smashed down, and over time, the hole starts to get bigger, and if you don't replace it with what was already there or what was supposed to be there, what you think was good enough, you soon find out you're going to need more of because it's not the whole truth or it's not all of the love. And eventually you just end up with way more potholes than what were supposed to be there because we began to fill those holes in our life with things that were untrue that weren't godly, that weren't from God, that were from this world. And the things of this world will bring destruction and your heart and your soul is going to have all kinds of potholes if you start to believe and fill the voids in your life with the things of this world. 
And we must remember, this is how we do this. We fill the void and we replace our old ways of thinking, okay? You want to fill a pothole? Start replacing some stinking thinking, all right? Replace the old ways of thinking by renewing your mind with the word of God. Talk about repaving a road or bringing some new gravel in. You want to do that? Use the word of God. <laughs> that was a Ric Flair moment. Woo! <laughs> You want to fill that hole? The word of God is going to replace and refill that hole. The way that it was supposed to be filled, right? Not with something that's going to bring to some of you, you're looking for love in all the wrong places because you weren't getting it where you were supposed to or where you thought you were supposed to get it from. Right? And eventually, if you don't do it right, right? If we, if we don't follow in line with God's word, all that is is it's going to bring destruction too. And what you thought was going to fill the hole is going to bring more potholes. It says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world, is what it's telling me. The world says, you know what, I think I'll take a pill for that. <laughs> oh, you know what, I think there's a powder that I can take that will fix that. Oh, you know what, I've, I heard that if I would just do these five steps, everything is going to be better. If I just take this, I don't even have to work out and get in shape. Do not be conformed to this world with your thinking. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, the word says in Romans 12 too, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Remember what I said, we must replace our old way of thinking by renewing our minds with the word of God. That is how we renew our mind. That is how we do not become conformed to the world. You want to separate yourself from evil? And from the pain and suffering that has been coming to you over long periods of time, or maybe a short period of time, you want to separate yourself from that, then start renewing your mind to the word of God. Start replacing the negative and the lies that it, you've, because some of you know, like, you know the lie is there. You know it's constantly replaying in your head. You know that what you're about to do is not right. However, we choose to do it anyways because we're like, I need to do me. I need to do what's right for me. I no longer care, and we just turn off all things from God, and we do whatever we want. But in order to get back on the road, in order to begin to fulfill or fill those potholes in your heart in order to experience the true love of God and the truth of God, we must replace those lies with the word of God. And it says here, I wrote down in my notes, I said, don't let the world deceive you. 
Don't be led astray by the world. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't follow in the footsteps of evil. Don't walk down the path that is going to take you to destruction. I know I can say it. It's just a matter of actually doing it. Right? I'm, I'm preaching it because I need to hear it. We all need to hear it. It's easy to be conformed to the world because everything that is evil is shoved in our face every single day. But the word says, do not be conformed to it. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't let the world deceive you. Don't let the world tell you. Who you're, who you're not because you're a child of God, right? The world is trying to tell you you can be anybody. You can be anything. You can identify as whatever. You can do whatever. You can be a birthing person's too. I don't get it. That doesn't make sense to me. But the world is trying to conform you into a way of thinking that is not biblical. The world is trying to also tell you that you're not good enough at times. You're not good enough the way that you are. Your waist should be slimmer. You should look this way. You should have no wrinkles on your face. Your hair should not be gray. Like the world is trying to conform you and make you feel inadequate, not good enough, that you don't add up. And the word of God says, don't be conformed to it. Start to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. <laughs> don't let the world deceive you. Right? This is what you this is what replacement looks like, church. When those thoughts come, when you start to think crazy, when you start to think I'm going to go do this, when you know it's wrong but you don't care because you care about more how you feel in the moment, start to remind yourself who you are in Christ. Begin to replace those negative thoughts and the evil that's being pushed on you, the oppression that comes from the enemy and tell yourself who you are in Christ. If you know the word of God, you can do that. And you can start to tell yourself, I am complete in Christ. Amen? I don't need anything else to complete me. I am whole in Christ. I am assured that all things will work together for my good. That's what's been promised to me. I have been chosen and appointed by God to bear fruit. So get away, enemy. Right? I am a temple of God. That's another thing you should be telling yourself. I am God's workmanship created for good works. I am satisfied, I am fulfilled, I am full of joy, I am living set free, because I've been set free, right? That's how we begin to replace what the world throws at you, I just counteract it with the word of God. And I have to just remind myself that even though I don't feel it, the emotions are going to come later, because God's truth always produces fruit. God's truth always produces fruit, church. If you stay in the fight and don't give up, right? God, life is hard. Life is hard. And if you stay in the fight and don't give up, the truth of God will prevail in your life. Because God's truth always produces fruit. I think of this scripture that we just read in Romans 12 and verse 2, not being conformed to the world, but be transformed. This Greek word for transform is a word, is a word called metamorpho, which is where we get our English word metamorphosis, right? Some of you are, th I'm not talking about Morpheus from the Matrix. I'm talking about metamorphosis, which is the evolution or the stages in which, if you think of a butterfly, 
this metamorphosis, this transformation that happens in a butterfly's life. This is what this Greek word is talking about. When we are saying do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, we're talking about a transformation process that takes you from one place in life to a completely different. And people start to look at you and they're like, who are you? I remember old Dustin. I remember the BC Dustin. I don't recognize the AD, and that's because I'm like, yeah, I was once an egg and a larva, and then there was this uh, chrysalis stage that happened, and then I bloomed finally into a butterfly. This is what this metamorphosis, the word metamorpho in the Greek, it literally means a literal transformation. Or a figurative, however, it's implying here a literal when you read this text in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Right? I, you look, look at a caterpillar. It is so ugly. Some of them are like, oh, they're so cute. No, I don't, I don't see it. It's not my thing. I will flick them, though. <laughs> I love to flick them. Why not? People love animals so much. Some of you are just you adamant dog people, and you treat your dog better than you treat humans. I, I still never get that. That's like a whole other sermon. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I feel the compassion pouring out for this caterpillar, and I wish we would have more compassion for each other. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> The transformation, I mean, it started out as just an egg. A butterfly lays about 500 eggs at a time. And it's usually on one plant. And when the egg starts, I mean, many of them can get blown away. They get eaten. So not many of them survive. But when the egg starts going, I mean, it starts growing. And then it turns into this larva stage. And it finally hatches into this caterpillar. And the caterpillar is small, and it keeps eating and getting bigger. But usually that caterpillar never actually leaves the plant that it was birthed on. And so it eats there on the plant for the entirety of its caterpillar life. And then it finally decides, okay, I've shed enough, and I've gotten big enough, and I'm now going to create this cocoon, right? Or the, the pupa, I think is what you call it. We got any, any biology people in here? Or I don't even know if that's the right word. Science, trust the science. Um, however, I, I read Google and it was scientifically accurate. And so it's the pupa, <laughs> which is also the, cr the, the, the chrysalis stage of this butterfly. And after it's finally done all of its transformation inside of this cocoon, it finally comes out and it's this beautiful butterfly. Like, unrecognizable from the egg stage in which it was planted on this earth. I didn't flick that one, which is why it became a butterfly. And I'm telling you right now that this transformation process that happened from stage one to stage four is the exact transformation that we as Christians experience when we choose to be transformed by the word of God. 
people look at you and they think, what is different about you? Who are you? I don't even know that person, which is why friends from your past can be like, oh, man, I remember you. I remember you. And you're just like, you no longer even associate with that person anymore because you've been transformed by the word of God. Right? You have been saved. You have been transformed. You are living a life no longer conformed to this world, associated with evil, filling the deficits that happen throughout your life with the things of this world, which constantly bring destruction. You've chosen a different route, and you've chose God. And your life is completely changed, and you are completely transformed. Here's the thing, is transformation also comes on the other side of our obedience to Christ. Right? Not just, not just a mindset, right? Yes, we need to renew our mind to the things of Christ, but the thinking also then turns into action. And so we must be obedient to the word of God as well. Which is why ultimately, if you want to see transformation, it's going to start here first. You better start thinking on the things that are good, that are pure, that are noble. But then we also must take what we're changing up here and live it out practically. Right? Every se- I don't feel like doing nice things for my wife every single day, but sometimes I just got to work myself into it. Right? I usually wake up and get her a cup of coffee every morning. Right? Okay. Do you think I want to every morning? (laughs) No, at first I had to renew my mind. I'm like, oh, gosh, she was up before me. Shouldn't she get me a cup of coffee? (laughs) Nope, I said I'd get her a cup of coffee every morning. I need to renew my mind, and then I actually have to do it. Oh, gosh, I got to get out of bed. (laughs) But transformation comes on the other side of your obedience. It starts here, but then it plays out here. So when we start replacing the negative thoughts, when we start replacing the lies that have been fed to us, we must then be obedient and disciplined to act it out, to live it out. If I'm believing that I am set free from the bondage of sin, if I believe that I am a temple of God, if my body truly is a temple from God, well, then I should probably stop doing X, Y, and Z to treat it like a temple. Too much? All right, we'll go back down to the thinking part, not the acting. Let's go back to the thinking. But the transformation in our life, what you begin to see and experience. You know, sometimes being set free up here is really all you need. Some of you got it all figured out out here. And I'm serious, maybe not you don't got it all figured out, but things are pretty good outwardly, but you struggle so much up here, and this is where it has to start. Right? Instagram tells you or uh, the psychologist tells you that you can get a new one, right? Tells you, oh, don't worry. You can get a divorce. Just go get a new one. Or, oh, you know what? No, don't worry about that. You can just go ahead and quit your job and you can go backpacking all over America. I know you don't have money. Just get a couple credit cards. Take the time for you and then come back to the real world. Like this is what the world tells us. But we are not to be conformed to this world, which brings destruction, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. 
And that transformation ultimately then comes on the other side of your obedience to the word of God and to Jesus Christ. And it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, Therefore, preparing your minds for action. There it is. Right? Not just renewing your mind, but pe- preparing your mind for action. Because there must be an obedience. There must be a, an action step after you've chosen to not be conformed. To stop thinking the way that you've been thinking. You must then do. Therefore, preparing your minds for action. And, so what? And being sober-minded, which means probably shouldn't have a cloudy mind. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who was called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. If I'm a Christian, which I believe I am, if I'm a pastor, which I am, at least my title says I am, I believe I am, church. You're in, you're in the right place. <laughs> but as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. I was pretty ignorant 13, 14 years ago. Ignorant to the things of God, church. But if I've been truly transformed, if I've gone through that stage of evolution, of metamorphosis, truly experienced the transforming power of Christ, I should know better than to not be conformed to the passions of my former ignorance. I should know better than try to treat my wounds and my hurts and my pains with things that I used to treat them with that I knew only led to destruction. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who was called you holy, you also must be holy in all of your conduct. I can't do that but with God. Amen? But with God, all things are possible. And replacing the old habits and the old thinking is a part of this transformation process that we're all on. And we can practically walk this process out every single day of our life because we must humble ourselves first to acknowledge our faults, our failures, our dependencies that have been away from God. We must be humble enough to acknowledge those and to repent from them, amen? And when we are humble enough to admit our faults, to ask for forgiveness of God, when rep- repentance, like I preached a few weeks ago now, is this process of granting forgiveness but also asking for forgiveness, right? I must grant forgiveness to the one who hurt me. And sometimes, you know, it's not, it's not very, I guess, psychology today says, you know, you can't, you know, somebody can't make you feel something. And I'm like, well, no, I feel pretty angry right now. But the reality is I chose to feel angry, but I can grant them forgiveness for making, for having them make me feel that way. But I must take the ownership of asking God for forgiveness for feeling angry. Does that make sense, church? That's what repentance looks like. I forgive them for making me mad. I forgive them for doing what they did. But God, I also then ask for forgiveness for being angry because anger is a sin. 
Well, anger, when it's starting to creep into other areas of my life, there can be a righteous anger. It's okay to be angry for a moment, but when anger turns into jealousy and envy and spite and resentment, then we got a whole new ball, whole new ball game. But we must humble ourselves first to acknowledge the hurts and the pains. And some of us, is com- we've conformed our mind so much to the things of this world that we must go back to the things of God and we must repent. We must then rebuke the enemy because there have been lies that you have believed about yourself for so long. You might be oppressed right now. You might have your own family members telling you you're not good enough or you shouldn't do that. You are an adult. You can make your own decisions, but you should make a wise decision in the context of wise counsel, amen? But we must be able to walk ourselves through this process of experiencing freedom. Some of you need to be set free this morning. You don't want those feelings anymore. You don't want to live the way that you've been living. You don't, you, you're like, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be experiencing this. Well, today is the day where you get set free because I truly believe the word of God. If we repent, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen. And we can rebuke the enemy off of our life, the devourer off of our life. We can speak the promises of God and tell, get behind me, Satan. Right? You have no place in my family. You have no place in my mind. You have no place in my home. You have no place in my work. I also rebuke the evil spirit off of my boss. In Jesus' name. Right? And after the rebuking process, after you've rebuked the lies and the oppression that has come upon you from this world, we then begin to replace it with the truth of God. And I want to walk you through that this morning, and then we'll ask God for a refilling of his Holy Spirit. Are you guys ready to do that? Let's get set free, because sometimes we need to get set free every day. Which is why we're teaching about this. Pastor Mike Riches and Tom Jonas are phenomenal pastors who taught me this and, and do a course on this. And I love being able to communicate the truth of God to you because this is biblical. And it is good. And I believe there's freedom on the other side of this because everything that is written in the word of God is true. And so would you all stand with me this morning? We're going to go ahead and we're just going to pray right now. We're going to pray to tear down these strongholds, right? I taught about that in that very first message. All these lies that we believe, the conformity to this world that we go through and that we're, you might be on that road right now, you may feel pretty conformed right now. That's a stronghold from the enemy. And those strongholds need to be torn down, and they can be torn down because the authority that God has given you is stronger than the authority of the enemy on your life. That stronghold that he's built that he thinks is so fortified and so concrete and so set in stone, he's just waiting for it to wreck your family. He's like, this is a strong defense. This person's going nowhere. Their family is done. Their children's children are done. I got them trapped. That's a lie from the enemy. We have the power and authority to tear down strongholds, the Apostle Paul says. And we can pull all those strongholds down in the name of Jesus Christ. And so let's pray together right now. And you guys just repeat after me and feel free when I stop for the blanks, you can insert a name. I believe it's more meaningful when we do that if we're going to actually forgive. Maybe it's just yourself. That's a good place to start. 
And then I'm going to say he, and if I say he, say her. If I say his, then go ahead and go with the other gender. There's only one. Um, one other, I mean, one other. Um, so repeat after me. I'm just trying to say it's not hard. Like, if I say one, there's only one other, so you'll, you're fine. And just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge to you today the sin that's been done against me by, maybe it's yourself, their name, say their name, it's okay. What he did to me was wrong. I choose today, you better say it with meaning like you really believe it. I choose today to cancel the debt that I feel owed to me. I release them from my judgment and I place him in your hands. I forgive him. I bless him. I choose not to make him pay for anything that he's done. I choose not to seek his approval or rescue him from his mistakes. Please increasingly release the power of your Holy Spirit to help me transcend this offense and move on in my life in joy and in obedience to you. I repent of my own anger and bitterness towards, say their name, and I receive your forgiveness. I rebuke any evil spirit that would try to take ground in my life and that would energize anger, bitterness, or resentment. I refuse to give them any place in my heart. I command the power of the enemy's influence to stop now and be gone from me. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that you would come and heal me, restore me, and revive me, and flood my soul with your life and peace. I choose to walk in your freedom and grace for all the days ahead. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a shout of praise, church? He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. There's freedom on the other side of our obedience to him and our obedience to his word. And so I pray that you will live life knowing that, first of all, it's hard and that we get trapped sometimes in the ignorances of our former life, like that scripture said. But we must remember where to go and who to go to in those hard times, knowing that freedom comes from God and we have an active part in that. We must repent of our sins, but we have the authority to rebuke those things off of our life. The spirit of oppression that comes with those strongholds of addiction, of anger, of jealousy, of control, of passivity. We have the ability to rebuke those off of our life and then we get to replace them with the word of God, reminding ourselves that you're a child of God. You're a daughter, you're a son. You're an heir to the throne, you're royalty, you're the head, you're not the tail, amen? You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so remember, 
to walk yourself through these. Anytime those thoughts come of the, of the sin that has had you bound, just walk yourself through the process because just because you've done it once doesn't mean it's not going to happen again. That's why I said I believe this is a part of the sanctification process. Sin keeps coming and rearing its head, but the reality is it gets weaker and weaker every time you choose to take authority over it. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, make sure to like and subscribe so you can receive these new messages as soon as they're available. Also, I just want to take a moment and thank all of you who are part of Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor. Whether you support us financially or serve with us or just share these messages online, it's because of you that we're able to reach people locally and around the world. And if you want more information on how to be a part of the church, make sure you click the link in the description. To help us continue to spread the good news, don't forget to leave a review, like, and subscribe. Have a blessed day.